Following Christ in 2021 is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Hello and welcome back to The Uncomfortable Truth. We're going to try a little exercise this morning, so play along with us if you're listening on your radio in your car or on your phone. Let's go this way first. Turn it all the way up. Did you hear it? Now turn it all the way down, almost all the way down, but where you can barely hear it. Can you hear it now? There's nothing there. I'm just messing with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's uncomfortable for everybody. It was uncomfortable. How dumb is that? I was like really like tuning in trying to hear it. I was thinking there's nothing. <laughs> I was thinking road noise. I'll tell you that road silence noise. is golden now, right? If you have if you have kids, if you're you know around people all the time, silence is golden where you can clear your mind and your thoughts even for just a second. All right, that so Sean so is going to open us up in prayer. Dear Lord, just thank you for this day, and thank you for um, just a, a great week. Lord, just uh, thank you for watching over us and, and keeping us healthy, God. Help us ne- to never take anything for granted, Lord. Um, help us to have a great rest of our week and uh, just honor you in everything we do. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Today, we are talking about something that's been bouncing around in my head for the past couple of days. The reason it's been bouncing around in my head is because our business is uh, struggling in this area, and so I've been trying to wrap my head around this issue. What is going on? So let me explain a little bit. We own a lawn and landscape company. Um, That's one of the companies that we own, and and this one in particular, we are having major trouble recruiting people, good employees, keeping good employees, and just overall keeping morale up is a difficult thing for us to do right now. So I've been trying to just ponder on it, pray about it, think about what we're doing wrong, first of all, because obviously we're doing something wrong. And, and for my guys in this room, Sean and Obi are here. Brandon is uh, gone. He is actually at the lake where I'm supposed to be <laughs> right now, but I'm home working. So we're. Ju- I just want to bounce this off of you guys, okay? So I want to talk about company culture today, okay? So whether you, you people out there listening have a company, own a company, or you work for one. Which, what, which is probably the majority of yeah, our, our... Yeah, I don't know. I don't so know anybody. I just hit empl- everybody. Whether you're an employer or an employee. There you go. <laughs> we just, listen, we just hit every listener. There you go. It's incredible. <laughs> we have a captive audience right now, hopefully. What are you doing as an owner or what is your company doing to create that culture that makes you want to work for them? What what special things do they do for you? What special things do you do for your employees? How do you treat them? Where are you being intentional about the time that you spend with the people that you work with? And the, the thing that just kind of hit me as I've been thinking about company culture and where we are lacking on that because we definitely are and we have a ton of work to do is Jesus. I look to Jesus and I look at how he recruited 
his 12 disciples, and how they followed him. That's kind of what I want to focus on today is if we're trying to create a company culture that is implores people to be a part, to feel people want to feel like they are a part of something. We know that. God put that in us. But if we're doing that as Christian business owners or Christian employees, okay, because we, we all can tie into this, we all need to work together on this, what are we doing to mimic that model that Jesus gave us with his 12 disciples? Go! <laughs> I'll tell you Sean's what, um, you know, I just think about the company that uh, that I've uh, I had actually 100% of until three years ago, and now we just own 90%. Uh, of a company it's a lot a furniture and lighting manufacturing company and you own 90 percent of it no I, i'm so did i say not, i own 90 percent i own 10 percent okay we sold 90 percent gotcha um keeping the morale up and the importance of keeping the morale up you know which i feel like it, it has a lot to do with the culture uh that takes place um especially in the manufacturing side of that business is such a huge thing. Um, it was literally the difference in our production dropping by. The way I figured, to my best knowledge, was about 30 to 35% of a production drop whenever the morale was down um, versus the morale being up and the culture being good uh, in that environment. And it, it, it is such a big deal. And I'll just tell you what worked for me, Okay. Uh, for me, whenever I was willing to get in there and work side by side with my guys or lead from the front, so to speak, is whenever I felt like the morale was up. And then also from an appreciation standpoint, whenever I would give my guys bonuses uh, for based off the amount of production that went out the door for any given week, uh, also whenever I would buy them lunch, those were little things that I could tell would really keep the morale up. And I felt like the overall culture of the company was in a lot better place. Uh, buying them T-shirts, uh, buying them hats, letting them know that they were a part of a team, uh, even serving those guys. Uh, like I said during during lunch, um, and, uh, and 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 praying with those guys. That with my employees, but at the same time, they we were a team, and uh, I felt like that was a huge way. To, to lift up the culture and the morale inside of that company, it it worked wonders for me. And yeah. um, and whenever I didn't do it, you could absolutely tell a huge difference. I think that's that's awesome. I think those are those are some really great practical ways to create a just a positive culture where people want to come to work. You know, when I think about companies that um, that really do a good job of creating a good culture, I mean, you just think about I think I, I think about like uh, one of the companies here locally that I feel like does a great job from a culture standpoint is Brookshire's, the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Did you know that that's an, an employee-owned company? I didn't know that. I'm I, almost 100 percent sure that it is almost 100 percent employee-owned. Maybe 100 percent. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I think about Brookshire's, which is a uh, for the for our listeners that don't know, it's a just a grocery store. It's a local grocery store. Um, that is, I say local, it's a very big grocery store. They're all over Texas. I think they're outside of Texas as well. Um, but I think about Chick-fil-A. 
I think about uh, yeah, that's probably that's I, a great example. I, I think about companies that, regardless of whether you're the janitor, you're the cashier, you're the supervisor, you're the boss, whatever whatever it is, that light that that feeling of of just it's it's just almost like a euphoric type feeling of whenever you go into Chick-fil-A it's like everybody's just on the same page they're all I feel like they have a common goal the common goal is to serve people the common goal is to love serving people I feel like that's what probably if they had a mission statement I think serving people has to be in it you know yeah um but you know, I just think of that's what I think about when I think about companies with great cultures. I think about it doesn't really matter where you fall on the totem pole of that totem pole within the within the business itself, whether you're at the bottom or the top, there's just a sense of um affirmation, there's a sense of you belong, there's a sense of importance. Um, you know, the whether it's the, again, the secretary, uh, you know, the gatekeeper, so to speak, or, you know, in my business, whether it's, you know, an agent, whether it's the uh, sales manager, what, what, whatever have you, the office manager, they all feel like that they're important. They feel like that they matter and what they do matters. So I think that whenever you are, I feel like that one thing that Jesus did um, and and that he did throughout the Gospels is he always affirmed his disciples. He affirmed them, and he, you know, he was always present and never asked them to do anything that he wasn't willing to do. Like Sean said, um, you know, whenever in those moments when when you would go back in the production shop and you would really get involved, that's when you felt like production would pick up the whole culture, the whole just uh, vibe of going on in the, in the, in the shop just really picked up and amped up. So, so are you saying, Sean, this is an obvious answer to this question. So did it not matter to your guys that you had spent thousands and thousands of hours in that shop before you got there? They could care less. They didn't give a rip. Did did they not care? But in our heads as business owners, in my head, I'm like, I built this thing. You've earned this from yes. the ground up. Sure, I yes. don't have to be in here, and I've had those thoughts and continue to have those yeah. thoughts. Sure. But there's no doubt. But that is not being a servant and what moves your business forward in a Christ-like manner. I think you're right. right. I think you're right. Uh, uh, unless you have a key person in that position who is truly an extension of you. Mm. Okay. Maybe somebody, and, and there's a way you can place that person. And let me tell you how you do it. You find somebody who's got a, a kind of a like personality, and you give them incentive. Hey, look, man, you give them a, a, a percentage of the company. Say, hey, look, um, I'm going to give you a percentage of the net at the end of every year. Every year you're going to get a, a percentage of this net because I'm going to treat you like an owner-operator, operations manager. I mean, that's what you're going to be for me. And if you can find that and, and explain to him, this is what I want you doing, this is how I want you to treat this company, there is no doubt people who rise, people who build massive companies, okay? There's a local guy here that I'm thinking of right now. 
who has nearly 300 employees right now, he is building a massive company. He cannot do that by himself. He has to have he has to have extensions of his of himself that he's delegating to in order in order to make that happen. In order to create any massive corporation, uh, I, I feel like you have to be very strategic. So there's a way that you can do that without being in there working uh, shoulder to shoulder. But at the end of the day, leaders they lead from the front, and there's a way to create that morale and th- and that culture. Uh, and that team-like atmosphere. Uh, look at Chick Fil A. I mean, just look at how. I mean, how how many employees work at Chick Fil A? You know, 100,000? But you got to you got to think about where that all started. Yeah, I think I think that's I it, think in gotta, the beginning, in yeah. the small stages, it has to be it me. Has to it be, has to be you. It, exactly. You know? It has to be you, and you have to create that foundation and that infrastructure in order to be able to delegate to people like. Chuck King, you know, uh, one of the local entrepreneurs here at uh, Chick-fil-A. I mean, he is a fine example of an extension of Truett Cathy who started Chick-fil-A. He is like, uh, they teach that. I mean, those guys teach that the same way they teach their employees to say my pleasure. Yeah, and I I see, you know, like in the specific example of Chuck, um, I I don't know what his daily schedule is, but I believe that he meets with his managers, his overall managers, uh, maybe three or four times a week in the mornings, or he might go in every morning. I can't remember. Yeah. But they, if you meet one of those guys, if you've met Chuck and then you meet one of his managers, very similar in their leadership style, how they run the business. And it's because he's put in the work with those guys. That's right. To make sure that everything is running as an extension of him, like you say, one thousand percent. It is a learned thing that those the managers and the co-managers and the the managers underneath them, those guys are all. Um, uh, but but it started with with it's Truck Kathy, right? That's his uh, name. Honestly, yes. I, I, okay. Yeah, okay. it yeah. started with him, and the infrastructure and, and the the foundation that he put in place. I mean, maybe it's call it Chick Fil A University. There is a place. I think they actually have that. Oh, really? really? Wow. They ha- they they created that for the full. I mean, they want that thing. Ran, they want a tight ship ran, and they want it to be an extension and a reflection of who Chick Fil A stands for. So, and they have replicated that again and again and again in a successful way. I mean, look at they're the fastest growing franchise in the United States and, and have been for a long time. There's you know, a so reason they can get 120 cars to the drive-through <laughs> in an hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, what I hear you saying is, uh, and, and, and it's it's absolutely um, true, is that first it's the leader. First, it starts with the leader, and then. It starts with that leader's ability to find like-minded and and like like-minded other other leaders that are excited about getting on the train with them. Is that is that kind of that's kinda, that's, what, ex- that's exactly right. Um, you have to have people who see the vision the same way you do, and then you have to create this space where they feel as important as you are. So so uh, that's the question that I'm bringing up here is so and and I'm going to I'm going to throw a couple of answers out that I feel like are are uh I'm going to answer my own question. I'm curious what your what your answers are too, but you know, when you're attracting 
what what do you have to do to attract those like-minded people? And and I feel like serving love. You have to the exact. You got to emulate Jesus. So Absolutely. We're, yes. we're getting back to what what yeah. Shane's talking about in the beginning. We got we have to emulate Jesus. We have to show. We have to affirm these people. We have to connect with them emotionally. We have to connect with them. That's what Jesus did. Yes. Je- Jesus connected with his disciples in the most vulnerable and emotional way possible, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to lead that way, which is not easy. That is not easy. Obi, you and I were just talking about like how much effort and time that it takes to lead that way. Right. It, it, ta- it takes a lot of effort. It takes intentionality. It takes a lot of just really... Do- <laughs> You've got to you've got to let self go, which we all know that pride and that that that's a struggle for all of us. You know, I mean, we've got to let that go, and we have to affirm, love, and serve other people. And when we do that, we attract people to our business, to whatever it is that we're leading. And I think that's the best way that we go about trying to create that positive culture that we 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 talked about you know from the get-go it's funny to me how um you know you hear a lot of people complain about maybe um or i have over the years just a lot of my friends own businesses and they'll complain about their assistant or their secretary or um, one of their workers or and um you know the next time that you think about complaining about somebody or someone you know, I mean, think back to yourself and just think, man, when's the last time I told that person that I love them or that I appreciate them? I mean, you don't have to necessarily say, tell them you love them, but hey, I appreciate everything you do. You're doing a wonderful job. When is the last, just something that small has a ripple effect. It really does. And, and sometimes we will, or I must speak for myself, sometimes I will get on the, the same wavelength as an employee who's not doing good, okay? He messed up. He made a mistake. He's made this mistake seven times. I'm tired of it. He's frustrated because he's made the mistake, and now I've gotten on to him, and now it's just back and forth. Now, that continue, the negativity continues to go to spiral downwards, and it does. It never ends well right. when, when that happens. But like Sean's saying, if you change that into affirmation and appreciation, the ripple effect of that can be an amazing thing, but it's not our natural progression. That's right to switch that to, to flip that switch. I think that just like anything in life, the more we practice it, the more it becomes it, it just becomes easier to 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 act that way. So I just feel like that well, and, and another thing is let's I mean if we're if we're aligning ourselves with the Lord and we're we're trying to be good Christian men and women. You know, we're we're trying to emulate the Lord as much as we can and and you know, do what Jesus would do. We are our efforts when it comes to creating a positive culture, I think they're going to be genuine. And whenever you are exuding that genuineness and people are feeling that, you know what? There's just something a little bit different about him or her, you know. I don't know what it is, but I like it and I want some of it, you know. Yeah. And and the, I I have I have had that experience several times in the last just few weeks where, you know, it's it's been a situation where 
people are talking to me and they're like, you know, you just, you just seem genuine. You seem like you really care. And, 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 and it's so funny because it's such a, um, far-fetched thing for some people to feel. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It almost makes people, um, what's the right word? Think you're, you're, Lying to try to get something from right. them. Right. You're, like, you're being disingenuine. Right. You know, it, it, genuine, I guess being genuine is so abnormal now that it feels like, you know, you're a car salesman maybe, you know, but yeah. I, I hate to use that. If you're a car you're, salesman, we're not hating on you guys. Exactly. We're ladies. We, we, we love car salesmen. We're all salesmen in here. Um, you know, but it, you know they have a bad stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> they just they they kind of they they can have a bad stereotype because a lot of times they come across as being very disingenuine. But I yeah. think that people I think when you're leading uh, when you're leading whatever business you're leading that genuine uh, feeling you know I think it's contagious and I think that whenever somebody is in a leadership role that is truly doing it because they do love and they do want to serve. I think, I just think it's contagious and people want to get on board. Yeah. And the example of Jesus, Jesus was God, right? He was the ultimate genuine. He was 100% truth. Genuine is truth. He was 100% truth. But if he was genuine without being present, we wouldn't know about him. Right. Right. He had to be present for his disciples. And I, I'm saying this stuff with, with very much conviction. <laughs> um, conviction in, in my words and conviction in my heart uh, because of what I know that I need to do in our business to lead to lead our people. But he had to be present. He knew that. He had to be in the lives of those people and lead those people. And what was that? You were reading a book, Obi, that talked about how many times it said leader in the Bible and how many times it said disciple. Right. Uh, yeah. It was like I, I, yes. way more for disciple, right? Exactly. Yes. Um, or servant. It was servant. Uh, okay. Yes. He was yes. a servant. He And it doesn't talk about him being a leader. It talks about him being a servant. And That's I think exactly we've right. uh, misconstrued what it means to be a leader. leader. Like, Obi, go do this. <laughs> That's not being a leader. Obi, come here. Let me show you how to do this. We'll do it together. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read something real quick. It was an email that I got. And, and it says, it says, we all want to appear smart, strong, dynamic, and accomplished. We all want to impress people, but impressing people is not the same as connecting with people. If you want to move people to action and inspire them to do greater things and go further, you have to tap into your emotions, get vulnerable and connect with people's hearts. That's the quickest, most powerful way to rally people toward action. So that's you. You've got to you've got to get vulnerable. You know, we I think that's really good. Can you read that whole thing again for yeah. our listeners? Yeah, it says that's awesome. We all want to appear smart, strong, dynamic, and accomplished. We want to impress people. I don't think. I think it's we all. That's the very first two words in that. We mm-hmm. all. It doesn't matter if, like I said, if if you are the cashier, the clerk, the grocery bagger. It doesn't matter if you're the supervisor, the one shelving, putting all the food on the shelves. It doesn't matter who you are. We all want to appear smart, strong, dynamic, and accomplished. Yeah. We all want 
we all want that. We all want people to love us. We all want to impress people. But impressing people is not the same as connecting with people. So if you want to move people to action and inspire them to do greater things and go further, you have to tap into their emotions. Get vulnerable and connect with people's hearts. You got to get to know your people. You know, one, you know? Of, one, of the, one of the guys that really stands out to me is Sam Walton. Yeah. Sam Walton would go to grocery stores, his grocery stores, Walmarts all over the United States, <clears throat> and he would um, he'd work the checkout counter, you know. He would, sit, he would get in there and be the cashier, you know. He wasn't, he wasn't afraid, uh, even though he was a billionaire. And um, to me, I just, I mean, I think about it, being in the trenches with your people, I feel like, sh- uh, I feel like it shows passion. I feel like there's servanthood in that. You know, you're you're in there, and you're serving people, and, and they're watching you. Uh, you're you're leading from the front, you know, as a servant, and in humility. You know, even though he was a billionaire, he didn't walk in there and say, "Where's my office and my executive chair?" Yeah, you know, he, I mean? he walked in asking for the mop. You know, right. I mean, and I, I, and I really think that those were Christ-like characteristics. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he was a Christian. But I do know that those are Christ-like characteristics. Yeah, isn't it funny how even people in like I don't like I said I don't know whether he was or was not a a believer, but it's funny to me how I have studied and and watched these high achievers and on YouTube and podcast and everything else, and how they exhibit the characteristics of Christ, even what they're giving. Okay, like. Uh, but they don't give God any of the glory and praise whenever, whenever, um, whenever they have all this, this success. And my answer to that is when you implement Christ-like characteristics, it's going to rain on the just and the unjust, on the believers and the non-believers. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just... Uh, it's the way God designed it. Yeah. You know? and, uh, but it's just uh, it, it, it's crazy to me that they don't connect those dots and say, wow, maybe this isn't a coincidence. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> a good point, Sean. Uh, I think I think any great leader out there would tell you that servanthood and gratitude is reciprocal. Right. But you're saying, Sean, there, there are some people who don't know Jesus and don't understand where that comes from. It is hard to believe. But they still serve, and they still, yeah. and they, and they do, and they will announce that, it it does reciprocate. Yes, they will. They will announce that they can't outgive, but they won't say you can't outgive God. They just right. say you can't outgive. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just nuts. It is. You know, uh, it's just crazy to me. These smart guys are so idiot. Are so not smart. <laughs> well, is I feel like uh, we kind of come to a wrapping point. Um, does anybody else have any wise words of wisdom? I will say that. The re- in like in the beginning, the reason that I wanted to talk about this topic, and I think the reason that we talk about most topics is because it's something that we're dealing with and maybe sure. something we're walking through and not walking through well, and we want to just kind of talk it out. I feel like it's a good practice for anybody out there to, to sit with the people that are like-minded and leaders, um, mentors, and just talk about things. Talk sure. about here's where I'm struggling, you know, and how can I lead how can I lead this business to Christ, the talking, people in it? Talking to anyone. And it may be it may be that you need to go talk to um, your lowest paid employee. 
mm-hmm. and say, what can I do to make this job more exciting for you? Yeah. You know, it, and, and it may be that that's, that's the person that we need to talk yeah, to. Their default answer is always going to be more money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've heard that before from the lowest paid employee, but when you have built that relationship, I had this conversation with one of my guys the other day. When you've built a little bit of a relationship with you, with them, for them to realize that it's okay for me to say some things here that right. might hurt his feelings and he's not going, there's not going to be any backlash. They'll start to give you some of those true answers. And it's n- typically not about the dollar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we go, I, I do want to give a shout out to the company that uh, Obi and I work for, Texas Farm Bureau. I really feel like that they've done an excellent job of God, family, creating an awesome culture. Um, I feel like that they do a really, really good job of uh uh, with their mentorship program, with uh, the way that their their managers and their DSMs run the company. Uh, they always start their meetings with a prayer. Uh, they really push protecting people's assets, and, and the, they're very passionate about families. protecting families with life insurance, uh, which I think that's really, really cool. Uh, I feel like the culture at Farm Bureau is second to none, and um, uh, it's it's really, really cool. So, um, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, and I think, like, I'll, I'll second that. I've dealt with a, a lot of the agents that work with you guys, and uh, as, as far as that goes, it's a, it's a common theme. I mean, it runs through the company, and it's important to the company to have leaders that are serving, and um, it, it translates down to, to all their local levels, too. So it's, it's, a pretty, it's a big joy to work with Texas Farm Bureau and anything that we do. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's, uh, I guess our thoughts on, on how we can create a positive culture, you know, within, within our work setting, whether we're the employee or the employer, uh, sounds like we just need to serve and, uh, emulate Jesus as much as we possibly can. Implement the change. Uh, the the position you're in has to be more uncomfortable than the position that you want to get to, which causes implement implementation of change. Right. Thanks for joining us today. We're so glad that you're with us. If you would give us a like, subscribe, click all those buttons. I don't know what all's there, but just click them all besides the skip button and uh, go out and kick the day in the face and we'll catch you on the next one.